Welcome to Around and Around the OCD Circle. My name is Elizabeth, and I have been living with obsessive compulsive disorder for over 60 years. I am not a therapist or a member of the medical community. I am just an ordinary person like yourself who will be sharing my thoughts and experiences with you with the hope that you will feel less alone. If you don't have OCD, I hope you will learn some information that will help you understand this disorder better. Some of the topics I will be covering may be triggering for you as a listener. If so, I apologize in advance. Since I don't know what your triggers are, please refer to the episode summary in the show notes before listening to each episode. If at any time you feel like hurting yourself or ending your life, please, please call the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline by dialing 988 if you are in the United States. It is open 24 hours a day and you will be connected with the nearest crisis center to receive immediate counseling and local mental health referrals. Now, on to today's episode. Hi everyone, welcome back to Around and Around the OCD Circle. I'm glad you're here to join me for this episode. I wanted to remind you that you can always reach me at Around and Around the OCD Circle at gmail.com. Also, my social media links are in the show notes, including my old blog. I'm trying to get all of my old posts up from 2010 on, and I have been adding to it recently. I hope you will go check it out. I've been podcasting now for 13 or 14 episodes, I believe, and I'm getting a little bit more comfortable with it, so I thought today I would try something new. Today's episode is going to be totally unscripted, which means I don't have any show notes at all to look at. So let me know how it goes, if you like it this way, by just shooting me an email. Maybe talking a little bit slower so that I can edit things out. Today I want to talk to you about another OCD spell that I had. It's the very first time I ever remember having an obsession with a person, and it was when I was in elementary school. I'm curious if any of my listeners remember when they very first started showing symptoms of OCD. And was it when you were a toddler, elementary school, high school? Let me know when you very first noticed this or what you remember. I'm also going to be talking a little bit about my high school years. I'm hoping that by sharing some of my life experiences with you, you'll feel less alone, knowing that there are other people out in the world like yourself. I mean, we all have different symptoms of OCD, but we all have the disorder. And it's really nice to know that there are other people out there struggling on a day-to-day basis. If you don't have OCD, I hope that this episode will help you have some empathy for those of us who do have the disorder. We didn't ask for this. It's something that was given to us. And my therapist believes that my OCD is probably uh, inherited from my paternal side. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about my very first time that I remember ever being obsessed with a person. This was in fourth grade. I was obsessed with my teacher. And her name is Mrs. Peterson. I had gone to an elementary school from kindergarten to third grade, and then my parents decided to move out of that neighborhood into a new neighborhood. So I would be going to a different elementary school. And I don't really remember whether I was excited or not. I know that the house was bigger, it was fancier, the neighborhood was fancier, so I was probably excited about that. 
but I didn't realize how much anxiety the move caused for me until many years later. So when we went to the new school for fourth grade, I shortened my name from Elizabeth to Beth. I wanted to start out with a new identity. Even in fourth grade, I knew that I didn't want to be Elizabeth anymore. I didn't want to write nine letters on top of every single paper. I have been doing that since kindergarten. And I believe it was a way for me to establish some kind of new identity. Also, this teacher, Mrs. Peterson, I was actually friends with her until the day she died. And that was when I was in my second year of college. So we did spend a lot of time together outside of school, especially after I went to high school. She meant a lot to me. She really helped me get through the first year in my new school. I remember that there was some point in the day when I don't know what the people, I don't know what the kids in the class were doing. It wasn't recess. They were doing some activity every day for about 30 minutes. And she would send me downstairs to the second floor and I would read to the third grade class down there. And in my mind, she was doing it because she thought I was smart. So that was definitely the vibe that she was getting, giving to me is you're smart. You don't need to be in class during this 30 minutes. You're going to go down and read to these children. And it made me feel really, really good. She always made me feel very special. And, you know, now that I look back on it, now I know why. Because my parents told me years later that I had gotten a C in science. I had never gotten a C ever in school. I got in a lot of trouble for that C. And I remember that my parents did go down and have a parent-teacher conference. Well, years later, my mom told me that during that conference, Mrs. Peterson told them that I had anxiety or I don't know how they put it back then. I don't know if they used the words anxiety. Maybe they, she said I was nervous. And so now I'm suspecting that she sent me down to the third grade class to kind of give me some self-confidence. I was so nervous that I would bite my nails all the way up to the quick so badly that I would get pockets of pus on my fingers. My mother used to have to poke the pus pockets, push the pus out, and then treat it with peroxide and and medication. And she would always say, see, if you didn't bite your nails, this wouldn't happen. But it was something is like I couldn't stop. And at that time, I didn't realize it was anxiety, right? I was just fourth grade. I just knew that I had to do it. So this teacher treated me like I was really special. You know, she probably treated other students like they were special too. I know all the kids really liked her. But for instance, when everybody would get in trouble for something, I always seemed to get a pass. And I remember one time she was out of town and we were told not to play on the sand piles. A truck had brought in a bunch of sand to lay on the playground and everyone was playing on the sand, so I did it too. And when she came back, we all had to write on our paper, I will not play on top of the sand while my teacher is out of town, 100 times. Still remember that line. And I remember her pulling me aside, looking me deep in the eye and saying, I am so disappointed in you. Now, whether or not she said that to every student, I don't know, but she made me feel really special. And I do remember when I graduated from sixth grade to go into another school, she did give me a necklace. She had it engraved with my initials and her initials. So there definitely was something there. I don't think she did that for every student. So 
Obviously, I made some kind of impression on her. Well, when I was about fifth or sixth grade, I noticed that I was having obsessions about her. I could not stop thinking about her. I worried constantly. Um, a friend and I would always sit down in the hallway when I was in sixth grade and practice our spelling B words, and her class would come by, and I knew what time her class would come by, and I was always so nervous when she walked by because I I just I couldn't wait to see her because I I knew if I saw her she was safe. That was just kind of the way I felt, and then. Also, I remember avoiding her at times because I knew what I was feeling was not normal, I guess you could say, being worried about someone all the time, being worried about someone's safety all the time, and so I'd purposely try to avoid her. I would avoid going past her classroom in case she saw me, but there were times when her class was coming towards us and, you know, I knew she'd see me, and it was... It was There was a lot of anxiety there, but when I saw her, a lot of times I felt relief. I just felt relief knowing that she was okay. I'm happy to announce that Around and Around the OCD Circle podcast now has a Facebook page. A private, safe space where we can share our OCD experiences with others. Topics such as obsessions, intrusive thoughts, and rituals will be discussed by members who can relate to one another because we all have one thing in common, obsessive compulsive disorder. You are not alone. Join us, won't you, on the Around and Around the OCD Circle Facebook page. The link is in the show notes. Hope to see you there. I believe that this obsession with Mrs. Peterson started actually in fourth grade because I remember... One day during class, someone sent her a message over the intercom that she needed to come to the office immediately due to a family emergency. And when she came back to the classroom, she was crying and she said that her father had died. And I remember being so upset over that, that this woman was in so much pain and she was so special to me. Yeah, I believe that's when this obsession started. I also remember that I would write letters to her all the time in 5th and 6th grade, telling her how much I wanted to go back to her classroom, and she's the one I mentioned in a previous episode where I had a dream where I was running away, and I went to her house, and she let me go. She gave me money to run away. I, I probably was obsessed with her for... I don't know, four, four years. It, it continued in junior high. I mean, I just missed her so much. She made me feel so special that no one else made me feel that way. And I was going through a lot in my life at that time. That's when the childhood trauma started when I was about 11. And I think having this obsession with her was a way to dissociate from what was going on. And... That's what I remember. So I really truly believe this is when my OCD really, really started. And, you know, if I knew then what I know now what OCD was, I mean, my parents never really talked to me about my anxiety. They never really 
you know, sent me to a doctor about my anxiety. I mean, back then, I don't think, I mean, I think my parents did the best that they could, right? You know, I would wake up in the middle of the night screaming, having a nightmare, and it was just, they would come in there and say, you're okay, go back to sleep. You know, it wasn't a situation where they would say, well, you know, bring your pillow and lay down on the floor next to our bed and you can sleep in here tonight. It wasn't that type of situation. But they did the best they could, and I think if they really knew if there was something, you know, really wrong, or I don't want to say OCD is wrong, but you know what I mean, they would have taken me somewhere. But then chances are this was in the 70s, so no one would have known anyway what to do with me, right? They wouldn't have, they wouldn't have known that I was exhibiting OCD symptoms. Now fast forward into my high school years. I did become obsessed with um, different teachers, different people, but I can't really remember who they are, what they are. I'm going to have to really think long and hard about that and maybe talk about that on a different episode. But I did have a childhood trauma that I have talked about. It it started when I was 11. It ended when I was about 17 or 18 years old. And it caused me to have a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, and I just thank God for my teachers. I mean, my teachers in high school literally saved my life. They don't know that, but they saw that I had a gift for speaking Spanish. They found ways of sending me to programs and camps and poetry contests. And I remember one time I wrote a song and played it on the guitar and I took it up to their room and played it for them. And it was probably a stupid song, but they made me feel like I had a real gift and I just thank God for my teachers and I've been friends with those teachers you know ever since one just recently passed away one is still alive and I talk to her now and then but you know looking back on my career as a teacher there were those students that I remember who exhibited OCD tendencies and I hope that I provided for them a safe place. I hope that I provided their parents with useful information. And as far as I know, all of them have gotten some type of help. And it was just a joy to work with these children. It's a joy to work with all children, but when you're teaching a child who has some type of either learning issue or mental health issue and you can provide a safe space and you can provide information for the family that they may not even know exists. They may be in denial even that their child has some type of mental health issue. It's just a really wonderful feeling when you help these these children and these families and quite a few of these families have reached out to me on Facebook and and it's just wonderful to watch these children grow up and and know that they're safe and they're some of them are young adults now with families of their own and you know so far knock on wood all of them are still here on this earth they have not taken their life or turned to major drugs or you know they're not in prison for stealing or hurting someone I I was really lucky. I was really, really lucky growing up that I had teachers to look out for me. And I don't know what your experience was with your teachers, 
I don't know if you were close to your teachers or not, but I'm really, really thankful to them for all of their help. But let's just go back to OCD for a second. So there were several adults that I remember being obsessed with. I worked at a drugstore when I was in high school, and I remember there was a manager that I had an obsession with. And I don't even, I would really have to look back, but I think for some reason he had some type of a health issue. You know, a lot of my obsessions start because there's an unclosed event, but also a lot of these objects of my obsessions have had some trauma, some illness, like going back to the first one I deconstructed, Sherry, we knew that something was medically wrong with her, they were trying to find out. Um, the person who I'm currently in obsession with has had cancer in the past. There's a real theme there. I really believe it. And so I do remember this manager having some type of health issue. And I remember it was very difficult to work in that environment because I found myself constantly checking on him and making sure that, you know, he was in the building, he was okay. If he went to the restroom, that he came back. That obsession didn't last very long, maybe just a few months, but I still remember it. So. Anyway, this is my second deconstructed OCD spell. In the future, I have a few more for you. I think I'm going to go ahead the next time and talk to you about my present OCD spell because it's so fresh in my mind and the details will be so much easier to talk about. But I would love for you to share with me your story by emailing me or contacting me on my social media links. And also, if you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, I will be starting to interview those of you who are interested. You can be completely anonymous on there. And all you have to do is have been diagnosed and treated for obsessive compulsive disorder for at least two years. Thank you so much for joining me. And I hope you all have a beautiful day.